1: Hey what is up everyone, this week on the Ascend podcast we are joined by Rory Zed who is an international stage and street hypnotist and this was recorded at our time in London and me and Chris have wanted to get a hypnotist on the podcast for absolutely ages now and we really think it's such an interesting area within the human experience. In my opinion, it's a very interesting thinking point when it comes to exploring the mind. And many hypnotists even talk about how the mind's full potential lies dormant, locked away. And many hypnotists actually talk about how hypnotism can actually offer the key to that. And also many great minds like Sigmund Freud, Milton H. Erickson, and supposedly even Einstein discovered the theory of relativity in a state of hypnosis. And if he did, that is very interesting to me. And just to name a few things that we talked about in this podcast, we asked the question, what is actually happening when somebody is put in a state of hypnosis? We talked about past life regression, and we also tied in the metaphysical side of things to hypnotism. And towards the end of this podcast, Rory put Chris in a, in a state of trance by making him think that his arm was actually a steel bar, <laughs> so which is really cool. So anyway, just before we jump this one, I just want to say that the best way you can support this podcast is through our Patreon page. And if you feel that this podcast adds value in your life, please consider crowdfunding this podcast. And for the amount of people that do support this podcast, we're still only at 10. 10 Patrons. And in in relation to the amount of people that listen to this podcast, that is not even 0.1% of the people who listen to this. We've had millions of downloads now. So please help us out. At least help us get 20 or 30 or 40 patrons. That would be amazing. And we, as you know, we've never bombarded you with stupid ads like everyone else is doing. This is a place to come that is completely free of all that bullshit. So please consider supporting this podcast and becoming a Patreon. That is all we ask. It would be really cool. So anyway, without further ado, Rory Z, enjoy. Yeah, but anyways, I would just want to say thank you so much for uh, doing this as well. It really is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And um, I was the first thing I actually want to ask you as well, I mean, how long have you actually
2: sort of been
1: working in the field of hypnosis and things like that?
2: Well, thanks for having me, for starters. <laughs> um, I have been doing hypnosis as a job uh, since I left college, which was when I was 18. I'm now 31. I
0: think. <laughs> I think I have the <laughs> yeah. same thing. I don't know yeah. why. So, <laughs> um,
2: a, a good thirteen years. Okay. Um, before that, I kind of dabbled in it a little bit, like a excited teenager would, yes. right? Um, but yeah. So, I, I, and since since I started out, I initially started out doing hypnotherapy. Um, started with a couple of books and practiced on myself. And I used to smoke quite a lot when I was a teenager. Um, and I used it to stop myself from smoking. So I went from like 20 to 40 a day to zero using my brain. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then I kind of I did more learning. I did more books, more videos, courses, that kind of stuff. And then I broadened out to helping my friends and family and then paying customers, which was, you know, Pretty good at helping people. However, I used to um, do music at college, so I wanted to entertain as well. So then that's where the whole stage hypnosis yeah, yeah. side of things came into. I did a there's a one or a two day course on that, and then I literally put some Google ads up and started doing stage shows. So that's cool. Huh? Yeah, that's I really was just like hey, fuck it, let's do it.
0: That's awesome.
1: That's really cool. Something I want to actually touch on. I mean, not, like I said earlier, the podcast we like to go sort of straight down the deep end straight away. Mm-hmm. But do you actually think? I mean. The the stuff I've looked on hypnosis and stuff like that. I to, to me, it seems like a, a lot of times the the, you, the person gets in like an, it goes into an altered state of consciousness. Do you and do you feel that sort of that that is what's happening in the stage of hypnosis inside someone's mind? Is it a case of
2: entering an altered state of consciousness? Would you say? Is it working on that frequency? That is a working definition that yeah. some hypnotists use and some yeah. hypnotherapists use but it's a very tricky thing to nail down because it's very hard to test it because it's intangible hmm. so the only way you can really test what hypnosis is or what, that you have hypnosis well a is that the person that you're working with is doing the things that you're asking them to do and responding in those ways hmm. um, but to categorically know you've got hypnosis you have to have the person hooked up to a brainwave scanner an EEG scanner and monitor their brainwaves because you have a specific Specific brainwave pattern in hypnosis that doesn't occur anywhere else. Oh, um, it's kind of like the brainwave pattern of meditation. Um, but in meditation, both hemispheres of the brain quieten down, whereas in hypnosis, that happens. But the right hemisphere, there are peaks of activity,
1: okay. and that doesn't really
2: happen anywhere else.
1: Has there actually been any? Um, has there been many studies on on that? Like sort of looking at the correlations of between um, like all the state of consciousness. Like let's say someone said. I don't know if it's been done, I'm just putting it out there, but let's say if someone took some, a form of psychedelics maybe or someone, like you said, meditation, maybe someone did a deep yoga session and then measured that against a hypnosis session and see what the correlation is. I
2: don't know if they, there are that have been correlated. i would yeah. be an interesting not, study I'm though, isn't super it? Up on the whole research. It'd be a cool things. study that, I, I think. It, I think it that. could be there and also there, there probably is research for each of those things that could be compared if you were of that. Mm,
0: yeah. So, Roy, I was just thinking that, um, do you have like any premise and like an understanding of like what um, the trance-like state is, like for what people go into?
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, um, it can be thought of as an altered state of consciousness, but it's a very subjective experience for a lot of people. Um we all have different levels of hypnotizability and suggestibility and it's something that we do experience every day Mm. you know when you are either waking up or going to sleep you will go through the brainwave state of hypnosis it's called the hypnagogic and hypnopompic states um and that's just natural it happens obviously you're not being hypnotized at that point you're not receiving suggestions to do something but the brainwave state is there um that said Some people are better at being hypnotized than others and that generally tends to correlate with the experience that they have. So, you know, those people who are not quite as hypnotizable and they're not quite suggestible, they may just feel like they're sat there with their eyes closed and they might feel kind of relaxed. Whereas other people who are really suggestible, the kind of people that you'll see on hypnosis stage shows and things doing all that crazy shit, um, those guys may have a completely different experience. And, you know, some people say it feels like you're floating. Some people say it feels like you're out of your body. Some people kind of, I'm not going to say blackout because you're always aware on some level of what's going on. Mm -hmm. But you kind of at the end of the show or at the end of the session, you snap back and like, holy crap. (laughs) Happened for the last hour, (laughs) you know. So you could say an altered state of consciousness because Mm -hmm. you're not conscious in the way that you normally would be. So it's very, very subjective, and there are many differing opinions. It's not as well. uh, Along with that debate, it's not a state of unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. and that's a fear and a worry of lots of people who haven't really experienced hypnosis like, so you just see like these tv shows and movies where someone goes to sleep and they just <laughs> and pass out <laughs> yes. um, yeah. and it looks like they're going unconscious you know it, it does from a, from an objective standpoint they look like they've switched them off you know off switch we actually we yeah, actually, yeah, that's, <laughs> the, that's the hollywood version of it, all. it <laughs> is the hollywood version but that's not to say that that doesn't happen yeah. um, however they even if they look like their brain has been switched off they're still conscious You know, they're still aware of what's going on around them they're just hypnotized they're just kind of going along with your suggestions which is what you want um, and again like I said some people really understand and know exactly what's going on like you here with me if you were hypnotized you might know that there's a microphone right in front of your face and you sat on this chair and there's a mirror behind you that kind of thing or you might just be completely like, oh, I'm just gonna ditch all of that information and just go into this. You know? <laughs>
0: can you tell beforehand like the people who can actually reach those, those different states?
2: There are various different ways that you can tell. Um, people who respond to like advertising and that kind of thing, who generally, you know, react to suggestions, tend to make fairly good subjects. Obviously as a hypnotist, you probably don't know how they're re- reacting to that kind of thing. Is there a way um, to test that though? There is. Yeah. yeah. So you can do what's known as a suggestibility test, which uh, there are there are verbal and physical ways of doing it. Um, the verbal way, you know, getting people to use their imagination, seeing how they connect to things, and seeing if you can make a physiological response happen, mm. such as getting them to imagine that they're eating a piece of fruit and then whether they can, you know, vividly see it in their head or whether they actually start to salivate as if they're eating some fruit. Um, and then you get the people who are really, really good and say if you're eating a lemon and they're, they're imagining that and their whole face scrunches up as if they've got a mouthful of lemon. You know. Whereas the ones who are lower on the scale would just be like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no nothing at all. Um, so that's one way. Also, um, there are physical suggestibility tests. So using the power of suggestion, getting you to move parts of your body, which is interesting. You can do it now if you like. Yeah, let's, oh. do it. let's do it. I yeah. wonder if you've already <laughs> done it.
0: <laughs> no, just set it up pretty really
1: well. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Before you go there, I want to ask you, I, well, I definitely, definitely do that experiment, but um, I was just going to say before I go there, before I forget, is that, you know, when you just see before, what you've seen about how um, some people are more suggestible than others, and I mean, is it actually the case as well that before you do go there, is it the case that some people actually can't be sort of put under? Have you found many subjects who who cannot, be, who cannot gain that state of mind or whatever you want to call
2: it? The thing with hypnosis is that, and it's it's something that people are like, what, really? All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Mm-hmm. So although it may look like you are under the control of a hypnotist, that kind of thing, you kind of have to want to do it. You have to want to engage on it on some level. Um, obviously, the people who are high at suggestibility are more prone to wanting it mm-hmm. a little yeah. more. Um, but if you if you were here with me now and we were going to do something and in your head you're like, I don't want to get hypnotized, I'm not going to let you hypnotize me, try as hard as you want, it's not going to happen, it wouldn't happen.
0: Like, uh, uh. So you
2: the- know, as powerful, quotation marks, um, <laughs> as a hypnotist <laughs> is, he can't hypnotize or she can't hypnotize someone who doesn't want to be hypnotized.
0: Damn, could, another thing, just something i like to ask, is intelligence play a big part in it? Yes. Like if someone's more intelligent, are they more likely to be like, to be used standoffish towards it um, that's, more...
2: that's kind of opinions but actually you need to be relatively intelligent to be hypnotized if you are thick as shit then it probably won't work quite so well
0: oh I yeah. thought it would be the other way around actually <laughs> <laughs>
2: just,
1: just to really yeah, yeah. Uh, lean, lean on that as well though because um, obviously intelligence is a very sort of not to be sarcastic or anything but uh, obviously intelligence is a very sort of fine line like a lot of people def- define intelligence in very different ways So yeah. people can define intelligence academically people <laughs> can find intelligence sort of Spiritually. Spiritually or creatively, yeah. whatever it is. I mean, how does what does it Does it, go, does it spread across all domains or just...
2: I mean, different on types on. of intelligence. Um, people may potentially respond differently. I mean, general overall intelligence as, as we think of it, you know, understanding of concepts and being able to focus, that kind of thing. Mm. That is generally, you know, you, you need at least a minimum yeah, at yeah, that cool. point. If you go below it, it's not going to work because you won't be able to focus. You won't be able to understand mm. what needs to happen. But above that, it can vary. Um, you know, I, I find that people who are more spiritual do tend to, not always, but they do tend to be better hypnotic subjects, mainly because they are more open to this kind of thing. And, you know, oh. if it's all self-hypnosis, you need to kind of agree to do it on, you know, how however you're going to do it. And, you um, those people aren't quite as jaded. They don't think, well, this is probably a load of rubbish, so you can try it, it might not work. You know? Whereas spiritual people are like, yeah. Yeah, they're thing. more open.
0: let yeah. do it. <laughs> it's
2: <a> receiving. <laughs> <laughs> I like receiving. That. That's just an observation that I found working with people. Yeah. It's oh, not good. necessarily 100% <laughs> true for 100% of people. <laughs> cool. What, what, was the, uh, ex- so what was
1: the thing you said you wanted to try there again?
2: Yeah. Or, um, um, do, you try? do you want to do it? So, I can do it with you guys here now, but also we can do it so whoever's listening can join in as well. I love that. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Yeah. So, what we're going to do, I'll do it so... We might cut this bit out. Um, I'll do it so that they can join in at the same time, so I'll explain it thoroughly. That's cool. Yeah. So, what we're going to do is a suggestibility test, and it's known as the magnetic hands test. Um, This is not hypnosis. So, you don't need to worry in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) It's just a way to test whether you're suggestible, whether you can accept and understand my suggestions, and whether you are resistant
1: Yeah, wet. I was going to say as well if any, if it was a hip, <laughs> a, a, hip, a, Sorry, yeah, actual test I was going to say people could be driving the cars and just <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't,
2: this won't work when you're driving a your car because you need to be paying attention you need to have both your hands free so don't do this while you're driving anything um, so all all that's going to happen is you're going to put your hands out in front of you straight out right in front of you with the palms facing each other um, you don't have to do it quite yet I'll explain it uh, <laughs> just means you're suggestible that you did that thank you very much oh uh, uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> so what's going to happen You're going to do that You're going to put them out In front of you um, Palms facing each other And what's going to happen Your hands are going to Come together By themselves Yeah So if you start with them About six inches apart Palms, together, palms facing each other um, Using the power of your mind The power of your imagination And by focusing on The suggestions that I give you Your hands will come together By themselves which sounds weird, right? It it's pretty cool, though. You have to do it with your arms up in the air, obviously, so that they're not touching anything. And um, again, with, with your hands about six inches apart. So you can do that now. And what I'd like you to do is, and don't worry, you'll be able to see at the end how this works, because I'm going to get you to close your eyes in a second, because it helps you to focus more. So I'd like you to focus on the point right in between your hands, right in the center. And now close your eyes and continue to focus on that point with your eyes closed. And as you do that, I'd like you to imagine that in the palms of your hands are two big magnets, two big magnets that are attracted to each other. And I'd like you to imagine those magnets beginning to pull your hands together. That's right, all by themselves. I don't want you to try and stop your hands from moving. I don't want you to try and move your hands, but I just want you to allow it to happen when it's happening. And I'd like you to allow those magnets to get stronger and stronger. That's right, allowing those hands to move together. If they touch, you can open your eyes and put your hands down. That's absolutely fine. And now I'd like you to imagine a big, thick, strong rubber band wrapped around your hands, pulling them in tight and closer and closer and tighter the closer they get the faster they move as soon as they touch you can open your eyes you're done already that's great (laughs) just allow that to continue happening all by itself and increase the intensity and build it up get it stronger and stronger and stronger allowing it to happen and we can just pause it right there you can open your eyes if you haven't finished already and just have a look at how you did there moved in definitely you Max, move Max you moved a little yeah. Your hands Woof Together Yeah I've awesome. really image like um, and Two magnets yeah. Just like Pulling straight away. And again Anyone who's listening To this Who went along With that They will have had Similar experiences Some of them Like you Will have had Their hands Move together And touch And they open Their eyes Others will Hands will have Moved slightly Maybe a little Maybe a lot And again That's what we're doing We're testing How suggestive we are There are many Different tests Like yeah. this And some people Respond differently To them um, Some people Who are listening May have Thought their hands were almost touching, but they may have stayed almost still. Huh. And that's a different kind of suggestibility. It's not as kinesthetic. It's not as feelings based. It's more visual.
0: I, th- I was going to say, I definitely think imagery plays a huge part in it all. Because um, when the whole imagination there, I really vividly imagined the whole hands being like two mark- gigantic magnets, just in increasingly like power and <laughs> volume. I was like, nah, they're coming together here. <laughs> I didn't even have no choice here. Um, but I, even if I wanted to, like, stop it, like, I still imagine the magnetizing, like, effect was happening so fast that I couldn't even stop it, really, and alter it. Because I because I told you that. Exactly. But <laughs> I, is it just so because my image was, like, more powerful and more potent than Dan's? Or is that why I have this more, like... It's because you've got a better imagination. That's I, what I, I'm I, like. that's I was, uh, <laughs> that's, that's I was actually good. thinking to go even deeper. I was actually thinking, is it to do
1: with that, Um, I actually... Maybe this goes, I don't know, I don't know. This was the first thing that in me head. Was it maybe because I'm actually, maybe I was finding it hard to let go? That's so I was like, yeah. I was actually thinking in my head this, that like, it's, as a suggestibility. I don't know, I just felt, when I was doing it, I just felt like, am I really, within that, when I was holding my hands, I was actually, my mind was going off on other tangents, thinking about other stuff. Did you think I between, was
2: tricking
1: you? And no, I was no, no, I, no, I really didn't think, I didn't think, just, with me, my mind works. My mind's very, it. It, go, it bounces all over. It's yeah. very it thinks See, about loads of many different stuff. I can't. But just you be you still on. got
2: some movement with it, yeah. You know? yeah. And, and that's a good sign for me. And with that explanation from you, there, that just you know, I would work with you in a slightly different way yeah. than I would work with you. I'd give you more stuff to do, yeah, you cool. know, to get you focused. Whereas with you. It's all visual. The simple stuff. (laughs) It's not necessarily simple. It's just that's what works for you. Some people are visual and some people are more auditory, so sound-based, and some people are more kinesthetic, so Um, feelings-based. And different people respond in different ways. Something that I've found with really responsive subjects is they tend, but not always,
0: they tend to be quite visual. Um, I learned a lot of um, visualization techniques when I studied Anthony Robbins' Unlimited Power, okay. and he started talking about NLP techniques, neuro yep. linguistic programming, mm-hmm. in which he like um, positions like a thought in your mind and see if if you wanted um, to give a smoke and you would visual, I would visualize the image and I would imagine myself like destroying a cigarette or mm-hmm. just throwing away a cigarette and giving myself a relief of like that and just creating the emotional connection as well as the visual connection. And then, like, oops sorry, uh, expanding that image. So, and every time, if I, if I want to have a cigarette, I would just use that image in my mind. And I would really keep on replaying that image until it was, like, fundamentally set. Is that something what hypnosis, hypnosis does as well?
2: Well, NLP, Neurolinguistic Programming, like you said, is, it was derived from hypnosis as well as other really good communicators Um, and they actually studied a really prominent hypnotherapist from years and years ago Milton H. Erickson Um, definitely worth looking up Milton Erickson if you are interested in learning about hypnotherapy Um, but a lot of the techniques that are taught in NLP are also used extensively within the hypnotherapy world as well like you said there. You know, that's kind of visualization, future pacing yourself to a point where you think, you know, this is when I'd be having a cigarette, but I'll imagine myself doing something different and then associating positive feelings with it. And then, like you said, once you've done that, that's your groundwork. And then you build it up Mm -hmm. and you keep doing it repetition over and over. will get it embedded in your mind. And then you associate positive emotions with it as well, which makes it super powerful.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the key ingredients of the NLP though is the repetitive nature of it. I mean... But whereas hypnoth- hypnotherapy and hypnosis always seems to be like just like that one key event in like someone's life can be completely changed knowledge,
2: that's not to say that there isn't any repetition uh, because repetition <laughs> is a very useful tool for hypnotherapy uh, for hypnotherapists. Um, it's probably not quite as obvious as with NLP. Because mm-hmm. NLP, they're like, yeah, do this. Now do that and do it again. Do it again and do it again. Yeah, that so is NLP. Over, over, over and banging it <laughs> in like a nail. Um, whereas hypnotherapy, it's kind of like you have a 100-piece jigsaw, but every single piece of the jigsaw is saying the same thing, but in a slightly different way. Yeah. And wow. then when you fit them all together... It's saying it very friggin' loud, <laughs> oh. right? <laughs> so that, that's pretty much the the principle. So I I think um, hypnotherapy is a little more. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a little more refined.
1: Yeah. Oh, like no, like <laughs> just as well, just to go a bit more sort of the conspiracy route as well, because something I would like to touch on as well. I mean, do you think in? I mean, I don't know if you've delved into this, but I've actually thought a bit thought about this. I mean, have you actually thought about how much? I mean, is there, are these certain techniques of like sort of on a, on a mass scale going on? Have you ever like sort of delved into that area of like sort of hypnosis on a, on a sort of a, with the media and things like that and TV and on that global sense?
2: I haven't particularly looked into it personally but you can see that it's going on to some yeah. extent and advertising is hypnosis yeah. you know yeah, they're, they're showing you something getting you to imagine yourself having that thing or doing that thing and how you will feel when you've got it and when you're watching TV you're in a different state than you are normally yeah, yeah. You know, you're I mean
1: they're them in them in them in spending millions on sort of like the psychology behind obviously sort of them advertisement yeah. stuff, so there must be sort of
0: Well like everything from colours, like the the choose what <laughs> minds um relate to colours and that like you're more perceptible to look the colour orange and you'll yeah. find that as a color, like a colour that you're drawn to, so they'll flash an image of an orange um orange in there and you sort the sort of like have like Edward Bernays. he was the um the founder of the um of propaganda really, global rise propaganda, and he used it um to get people into smoking. The smoking companies came to him, and so a lot of women yeah, yeah, yeah. were completely against smoking. Yeah. It was kind of a taboo if a woman smoked and they're kind of frowned upon. And he actually symbolized um, sexiness, wasn't it? The okay. Sexiness, like he got people who were um, high up in like their positions, like film stars, singers, to like cigarettes. But they also did. Um, the Statue of Liberty holding a cigarette (laughs) and he said light up for liberty so he emphasized like (laughs) the idea for a woman to be libertized, uh, to be free she should start smoking because it was like against the agenda of the woman so he actually played with the whole concept of the system and this is what a lot of things in propaganda right now they still, like, rely on the whole Ed Veneer's ideas?
2: I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say from a hypnotist's perspective that that is hypnosis outright, but it's definitely influence. Mm. And, you know, pretty much whatever we are doing, we're influencing people in some way or another, Mm. you know. Um, But without outright hypnosis, you know, putting somebody in a trance state... um, then advertising and propaganda and that kind of thing, you know, it just works with human psychology. It, it like? works on psychology. It works on principles that we will just respond to certain things in certain ways. Um, but uh, as well as that, you know, if you, if you were to include the hypnosis aspect, then it could probably be strengthened. I would say, however, at that point, would it be ethical to do that? Probably not so much. And I think it, Potentially, is banned to use hypnosis. How how, do you, how how would they actually
1: how would they actually do that? Not to give any top secrets away to the bad people, but <laughs> <laughs> how would I
2: actually do that? Um, generally, with language, um, and there you, you don't have to. Slump down with your eyes closed, and your whole body goes to jelly when you go in hypnosis. You can be in hypnosis with your eyes open, wide awake, like you're talking to me right now. Um, <laughs> 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 Sorry, I, I love this you episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah, you, you, it's it's a state of brainwaves, like I said. So it doesn't matter what you're doing, where you are. Obviously, you see stage hypnosis shows people on stage doing crazy stuff with their eyes open, running around. So you don't have to be you know, doing something specific to be in hypnosis. Mm. Um, So they could do it using subtle embedded language, you know, giving indirect suggestions that slip under the radar. They're talking about something, but actually they're talking about something else underneath it, which could happen, but I think they might get
0: slightly penalized by advertising standards. (laughs) (laughs) Can can you tell if um, someone's already been in a hypnotic state before?
2: Um, I mean, most of us have. You know, you asked me a question earlier. Is there anyone who can't hypnotize? It's most people can be hypnotized to some to some level. Um, It's like under one percent of people that literally can't be hypnotized at all for anything. But no one knows why that is, Mm. and it also comes down to their levels of suggestibility and hypnotic susceptibility, and the hypnotist. Because if they are there to be hypnotized, and the hypnotist is a complete douchebag then they're not going to have rapport. Yeah. And if all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, you need to be convinced that you are going to be safe when you're going into hypnosis. And if this guy looks like he's going to screw you over, you're not going to let yourself go into hypnosis.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
2: know, It could be down to the mood that you're in on, on that day. You may really be in a shitty mood and you are just not in the right mindset to go anywhere. Wow. Whereas you go back the next day when you're feeling great and then you could be the best subject in the world. So, it's it's weird. It sounds like a cop-out but it's very transient and it's very subjective. Huh. <laughs> I was actually wondering is there anything about the sort of the,
1: the metaphysical side of things that, that really fascinates you? I mean, because I know one for me, I mean, sort of just one that's on my mind now is sort of past life progression and things like that of sure. you. You ever tried went into sort of tried that it? The past
2: life regressions, yeah. It's not necessarily my go-to thing. I know lots of hypnotherapists and hypnotists who do it A for therapy, um, as it can be used as a therapeutic tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but B for, you know, just sightseeing, going back and having a look at what's going on. And I know some some guys who literally that's their only thing, that's their whole job. They do past life regressions with loads and loads of people. Um there are various different ideas about what that is, you know, hypnotic past life regression. Um, the pragmatic, logical hypnotist will say, well, it's a metaphor for, you know, some therapy that needs to happen in this person's life. Probably never happened, so it's just a metaphor. Mm. Whereas other people will think, okay, well, the, the universal collective consciousness, you are going back. To some point you know there are various different ideas obviously you know past life regression is yeah. something that lots of people have lots of different ideas about yeah um, but regardless of what the hypnotherapist thinks it comes down to what you think yeah. at the end of the day when you're when you're going for a session you know mm-hmm. and uh, as well <laughs> I say I say that as well but also people who have no belief whatsoever in past life regressions and w- don't even go for a session have had past life regressions spontaneously, you know, Um, and there's there's been a fair few um, articles on it and, like, people saying, oh, well, I was this person and that's been corroborated by, like, records from the past and that was actually a person that did die on this date and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, many other hypnotherapy clients have been Mary Queen of Scots. How yeah. many people can have been Mary Queen of Scots? I think yeah. it was, uh, was right? it
0: Napoleon? Was it like the most yeah. sex like I've been Napoleon? Yeah,
2: yeah. Nobody, oh, Jesus. No, oh, nobody, Jesus.
1: No, no, nobody says oh, I was like a homeless guy or something like that. They always know. like try and pick the biggest, the big, try to go for the biggest name, don't they? Yeah. Uh, no. There was a, there was an example of it. Um, when I think when you were talking there about the past life regression, there was an example I I came across was a I think it was a was it a female? She said um she went through the process of hypnosis and um she she started speaking in a foreign language which is, it was like Russian or something mm-hmm. like that German and I think they then they translated it and actually found out it was some sort of it wasn't was even, it wasn't even um, New Russian it was something like that was like ancient Russian like there were yeah. the terminology for using the language mm-hmm. so I think that's fascinating to me I mean with that being said as well I mean do you think I mean, because to me, anyway, I would love to see your thoughts on this. I like to go deep sometimes, as you can tell. <laughs> but I'd say, I mean, do you think that suggests to me that we... Because there's been a lot of examples, not not even just hypnosis. There's been lots of other stuff like psychedelics and many other things as well. Um, and a lot, a lot of people talk about past life regression, even with like uh, energy work and stuff like that as well. Um, but do you think that suggests to us that we are sort of maybe karmically, maybe connected to our sort of past lives or even future lives? I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, but.
2: To me, in my experience, it seems like some may be more than others. Well, well, wow. wow. but again, that's it's, that's not even necessarily my opinion. That is just my observation. You know, um, I I am less spiritual probably than many people who are listening, um, but I still am open minded. You know, and if something happens and you can give me evidence, then I'm more than happy to accept it. And even that, if that's subjective evidence, myself, if I experience something and I'm just like, holy crap, like that's mind blowing, then you know you you have to be prepared to change your mind sometimes.
0: Is is there any areas of hypnotherapy or like when you go deep into someone's mind that you feel like? this is too far in this, maybe I shouldn't be, maybe I shouldn't re-reach <laughs> maybe roles. I
2: shouldn't be getting their pin code <laughs> Reevaluate my life no um, sometimes people can especially in, like not so much on stage because on stage you're having fun and it's all if you're doing it well it's very well managed and people will only go where you want them to go yeah. uh, whereas in a hypnotherapy session different stuff can happen so if someone could come to you for a stop smoking session and you could, they could at some point just go, oh, I remember when I got abused as a child. <laughs> mm. That can happen, you yeah. know. And it's just like sometimes when you go into hypnosis, you take away all your filters. So people can remember things that they may have potentially either forgotten or suppressed.
0: Mm. Purpose, I kind of get, right? get the understanding that maybe it could be open Pandora's box, sort of say.
2: It could potentially. But, I mean, for the majority of people going to hypnotherapy – it's it's, it's it's weird, but it, it's fairly regular. It's fairly normal, and you'll just be talking about lots of normal things and your life experiences and stuff. Occasionally, you'll get people who come to these amazing realizations that, holy fuck, this happened in my life? I have no idea that happened in my life, right? Mm. But that is definitely not the, the way that most hypnotherapy sessions go. you has, has there actually been anything that's like really blown
1: your mind in terms of like what you've been experiencing when you've had, like say, someone, you have been doing hypnotism on someone. Has anything sort of like, like at the time, like, whoa, how has that happened? Or something like that, or what's come up here? Like, has there been anything that's blown your mind in that sense?
2: Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I do, I find it very, very interesting that people can, you know, respond in these ways. You know, people, like I say, people can remember things that they would previously forgotten. I did a, a phobia session um for uh, and for a spider phobia and a lifelong phobia, and it came down, it came down to a, an event that the girl completely didn't remember and when she was four years old. A spider came out from under the TV, and someone screamed.
0: That was it.
2: And that was it. And it's just like. Well, that, that information was buried in her mind, but it took hypnosis and the, the right kind of approaches to get out. Wow. You know, uh, it's that kind of thing. And, like, you can do so much with hypnosis. Like, um, I've helped my colleague lose, like, nine stone with hypnosis. Wow. Every year, which is a lot. Does that, is, it, is, it,
0: is it like kind of just planting the idea in the mind that they can do it?
2: That's a an approach. That's an approach. Um, but there, it goes into a, a lot more detail. The kind of stuff that you need to do with people in order to get them to respond. And some people will respond by just giving them the idea. You know, directly suggesting this is what you need to do. This is how you can do it. Now go and do it. Mm-hmm. Other people don't like being told what to do so much. And <laughs> they, they don't respond quite so sort often. So you need to be more indirect and use metaphors. And you know, I said about Milton Erickson, he's the, the king of hypnotic metaphors and he just tells stories to people. And at the end of the story, the person's like, oh shit, what just happened? <laughs> like, yeah. I have changed. Um, so that, that's another way of approaching it. But hypnotherapy fundamentally is hypnosis, the state of hypnosis, plus various psychotherapy techniques. So, there are things in psychotherapy, like aversion therapy and desensitization, those kind of things that work even better, we think, within hypnosis. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's taking that conscious critical part of your mind, not, not necessarily taking it away, but kind of turning the volume of it down oh, a little bit. Yeah,
1: so people Have you ever, um, have you ever like looked into the possibility of like the placebo effect to do with hip- hypnotism as well? Have you ever played with that? I mean, do you know what the placebo effect is? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I haven't really played with it myself with hypnosis. Um, I'm, I'm sure I've seen something about that. It? it was
1: just when you mentioned, especially when you were mentioning before about how um, when you just mentioned the, the, the person who lost weight and stuff like that. I know it in a lot of terms of the hypnotism has been it's been used, hasn't it? A lot of times when um, there was like there was one study with the placebo effect, especially when um, what happened was it was a group of maids. And they had a group. Just I know I don't know I don't know how much this ties into hypnotism anyway. But I'll just describe the story. But they had, they had like two groups of maids in a in like a manor house who were cleaning the house, whatever. And they said that one of the group of the maids that when you do this work today, you're going to lose weight. Like so, they convinced them in the mind that this this certain activity that you were doing should be should be you losing weight. And then they didn't say anything to the other group. And the group that they thought was going to lose weight actually sort of lost weight at the end of the experiment. So I mean, I did not just what I add that add there, but yeah.
0: I mean I wouldn't
2: entirely say that that's the placebo effect that's more just acceptance of suggestions you know um, and our minds are ridiculously powerful things if we harness them in the right way you know it's there have been experiments done um, people they take two sets of people and on the exercise team again one set does nothing doesn't think about exercise the other set does nothing and thinks about exercise and the ones who did that lost weight yeah you know so, I, I, it's not necessarily placebo, but it, it is it is suggestion. And placebo, kind of when you think about it, really is just suggestion.
1: Yeah. Have you actually, I mean, this is out there, but have you ever tried sort of on the healing, on the healing side of things, have you tried tried hyp, hypnosis on the side of like say if, I mean, even just which I know with the placebo effect as well, it's like say if someone had cancer or something like that. I mean, that's out there and it's sort of a very sort of an area that a lot of people don't want to go to and talk about. But in the sense of, I mean, if much, let's say someone had, a certain type of sickness or illness or something like that, and you actually sort of hypnotized them to believe that they didn't have it. I mean, could is could that be a possible? Could that be a possible case? Their where that body could, then like change? Yeah, the change, bio- change biologically. Change biologically because, like you've yeah. said before, the mind's a powerful thing. It could biologically change. Couldn't that it?
2: Wouldn't be the approach I would take necessarily, but fundamentally, the idea broadly could work. You wouldn't really want to tell somebody that they don't have something that they have because obviously they know that they've got it. It would be very, very tricky to convince them that they Mm haven't. But you can use hypnosis in order to alleviate symptoms and to make them feel better and then to boost the immune system. You know, so at that point, if you can help them boost their immune system and, you know, make better choices that will help that condition, then. You know, the hypnosis can't cure those conditions, but it can certainly help to manage them and to, you know, reduce them down to as little impact as that person can possibly get to. Mm. You know, it's a very, a very useful thing. I know lots of people who do work with cancer patients. Obviously, no one says this can cure cancer because it can't. You yeah. know, that's stupid if they're saying it. They're fucking stupid. Um, (laughs) But um, that's not to say you can't help people with cancer or with, you know, diabetes or who have heart conditions or anything like that. Um, So another example of placebo effect kind of suggestions um, is hypnotic gastric band. Obviously, you know, people who are excessively overweight, they can then go and have gastric band surgery. So have their stomach tied so they can only have a certain amount of food. Um, there are hypnotherapists who do that in hypnosis. So they don't actually do a gastric band, but they make them think they've had a gastric band fitted in hypnosis. Oh, wow. And it pretty much has almost exactly the same results as the actual surgery with less physical complications.
0: Wow. That's a, Which that's is like, interesting. That's, yeah, I was thinking to myself, like, why? Like, when I first like, got in touch with you, Roy, I was going to say, like, all right, I'm going to ask him hypnotizers and I'm going to ask him to put me in a state, but I could never act. But when I, the more I kind of think, I'm like, what could I, like, for betterment, what was I trying to think? Like, what could I actually ask for? And I couldn't think of anything. So, so I was actually just thinking, what is the most, like, requested thing for you? Like, what it's people... Just, you're just too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most, I mean,
2: different hypnotherapists will give you different answers. And I'm talking from a therapy perspective here. I get lots of phobia clients. So, people mm. who are afraid of whatever, you know, um, dogs, heights, Wasps, beans, you know. I'm um, afraid of very interesting stuff. <laughs> seriously, um, what's the funniest one? <laughs> I just think they're all hilarious. Probably. No, not really. <laughs> no, it's just like it's just like beans is good. Like that's that's kind of ridiculous. Like, Heinz uh, not Asda. <laughs> like, to me, like personally, because I don't really have phobias. I did. That would be a bit hypocritical, wouldn't it? Um, but like a spider phobia to me is ridiculous. Because like in this country, in the UK anyway, we don't really have dangerous spiders. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you see a spider it's probably the size of a coin, you know. So why would you be afraid of that little thing?
0: You well you're a thousand times bigger. <laughs> for,
2: for, for me for me that's ridiculous, but like any, any phobia is ridiculous, but for the person who's experiencing it it's absolutely not ridiculous in any way it's terrifying yeah. which is pretty cool that we can do that to ourselves <laughs> well, yeah and that <laughs> our parents can sometimes do that to us you know teaching us how to do phobias. yeah sort of I'll, tell you, I'll tell you
1: i tell you what if sp- spiders were a lot bigger it would be very scary <laughs>
2: yeah no, no, Australia. <laughs> i know you walked face first into a spider the size of my hand uh it was on a web across the track. That yeah, that, so, that, you know, that, that would give have given me a focus. <laughs> I was if thinking I was, that. Uh, lingered on it in a, a certain way. Um, other other therapists, other hypnotherapists will be like smoking cessation is their main thing. How can people stop smoking? Which hypnotherapy is a really good way of doing that. Weight management obviously, hypnotherapy is great at that. And there are many hypnotherapists who just do weight management. Um, insomnia, nail biting, and confidence, and social anxiety, and, you know, hypnobirthing that's a massive industry it's growing so using hypnosis for i think hypnobirthing like the copyright using hypnosis (laughs) for birthing um is a massive industry and it's growing in the uk It's growing across the world but it's been around for years and years and years but obviously because of social media and you know literature and all that it's becoming more and more popular Mm -hmm. people and i assume many people who are listening to your podcast as well probably want to have natural births you know not want to be pumped full of drugs at that point um, <laughs> maybe other points. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and they want Dep- to. It depends. wholeness all
1: listeners, it depends what type of drugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a thing. Um, <laughs> We've
2: got maybe, a very quirky and no, orientated no orient. ayahuasca pregnancy ceremony. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a great idea. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's a great way of like taking pain away. So pain management is massively like super well used tool in hypnotherapy. There's a great video on YouTube, if I can plug it. Um and it's, yeah, it's, it's literally it's, it's on it's on um my training channel, so it's hypno T C so it's like hypnotic but without the eye. Um and it's a video of me sticking a piercing needle through my colleague's hand using hypnosis for pain management huh. and also for blood control. So wow. it was a big piercing needle, stuck it right through the back of the hand, and no pain at all, and then pulled it out, no blood at all.
0: Wow, that is insane. Which isn't is it? pretty interesting. You've creative. got a needle, I'll show you. No, I'm joking.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> got a knife. <laughs> a knife, yes. Amputation hypnosis.
0: No. Uh, they
2: actually used to use um, hypnosis before anaesthetic was invented. Um, so when, when people were, you know, taken into these big amphitheatres to be hacked to pieces, um, they would use hypnosis for pain management. Um, And then obviously anesthetic came along and that's way quicker and people can make money from it a lot easier. So, yeah, do you think
0: that, do you think hypnosis is is um is grown is it like the whole emphasis of hypnosis grown with people or is it is it still a bit taboo is it still a bit like people are a bit I think, s- yeah, Scared about yeah
2: uh, and unless something drastic happens i think hypnosis may always be a little taboo but there is so much, as with anything, there's so much more research out there nowadays. And, you know, people are showing you how it works and showing you the positive benefits that they've had with it. So with all that social proof, it is becoming less taboo and it is becoming more utilized. Um, and I know lots of hypnotherapists are, you know, pushing to getting the NHS to recognize it for various things, which... In some areas they are, you know, like I think it's IBS. The NHS recommend hypnotherapy for IBS as one of oh. the top treatments because oh, it cool. works, works really well, you know. And hopefully more of that can happen in the future because we like to help people and not help them for the drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you, I Have think, you, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm just gonna, go,
0: go ahead. But, I was just going to say, go yeah, I think Darren Brown as well He's definitely getting it on. Well, like a, a very large scale because everything, what he seems to be doing is fascinating in like the whole concept of like completely... Changing people's minds, really. I feel yeah. that he does that so precisely. He's, so
2: he's very tricky, that one.
0: So he uses,
2: <laughs> obviously, hypnosis and NLP and psychological tactics and various different types of manipulation. And He doesn't actually tell you what he's doing. But lots of what he's doing is hypnosis. Um, and he says it isn't. And lots of what he says isn't hypnosis. It is hypnosis. <laughs> you know, um, so take him with a pinch of salt, but he's a very good hypnotist, you know, when he, when he's doing that. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's very interesting. I saw the, the one where he was using subliminal messaging um, in an American mall. So he was just talking over the tannoy to people and talking about the offers that they had on. And then he said a trigger word at the end, and everyone in the mall pretty much lifted their left hand, I think, into the air. Wow. Huh because he was interspersing indirect hypnotic language into a seemingly innocuous statement. And that's something that we can do. Well,
1: that's fascinating that, by the way. I really, my mind was rattling there thinking, how this been used before me or something like that? <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> what have I bought? <laughs> um, did, did you buy these nice
2: microphones and you could have bought the one just below? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so I was going to ask you as well, I was going to speak on the, the sense of uh, creativity because, I mean... Um, have you ever, like, sort of experienced sort of um, using hypnosis to sort of, like, cultivate creativity in someone? Because – who was it again? I think was it um, I was – was it Tesla? No, it was Einstein, I think. Einstein, he used um, creativity to find the, the theory of relativity, didn't he? Where he was sort of – he was putting himself in a um, hypnosis state and he was sort of tapping into his own creativity. I mean, have you ever had sort of any examples of where people's actually trying to sort of find well, some you, creati- yeah, creative? You
2: can you can certainly use it to – Again, get yourself out of your own way. And hypnosis is, is used uh, occasionally with like, writers who have writer's block, that kind of thing. Um, but also, it can be great at getting insight from yourself. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we have answers for the things that we're doing, yet we don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so talking to that part of your mind, the subconscious mind, sometimes we can just create the answers to our issues which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. Mm. Yeah, it is. You know, and sometimes it's, you know, you'll get a direct, you know, piece of information. Other times something will just click and everything will be different. You
1: know. This is this is probably going off, off topic a bit deeper. Like I said, I like going, I like going deeper. But I've got to apologise again because obviously I like to go deeper <laughs> But um, I mean, I've asked a question. Like you said, it. I mean, this for me that 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 realization. What you just said there, where you can, you, there is something within our subconscious or wherever you want where it is that like you can tap into it at certain times, whether that's being hypnotised or whatever it is. But there's a lot of times where um, I was going to say I've lost my bit of thought there. <laughs> lost my bit of thought. I think you hypnotizes? hypnotise this. <laughs> I lost my <me laughs> train of thought. I was going to say it. it must be true. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say there. I've lost my train of I had a great point there. I want to ask you a question there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A lot of times, um, I mean, in in the when people dream, I have like a lot of lucid, vivid, lucid dreams and stuff like that. It seems to be that um, I'm sort of maybe attracting some information that is maybe embedded in me. I, I, I mean, the question is, is it in my subconscious or is it coming from somewhere else? I mean, because I've had a I'll give you an example of a dream that I had where um, I was sort of walking down a corridor. It was quite similar to that corridor. It could have been that corridor, to be honest. <laughs> I was walking down that corridor and um, it seemed to be that I was like subconsciously, the dream itself was throwing things at us to try and test us on. It was trying to test us on things that maybe test me in this reality, you know. So, it was things like um, like uh, with, f- f- like females, um, whatever it is, loads of different f- food, Um loads of all the different tests, but all these different certain tests that I was testing us with. And um, as I was walking down the corridor, I was like saying to myself, I don't believe this, I don't believe it. And everything was just going, phew, 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 phew. Ex- like exploding all over the place. And the dream itself was like, I, I could feel it in the dream. It was saying, shit, he's not going to stop. We can't get him here. He knows it's not real to a certain degree. But I mean, wait, like where, I-, I don't know if you've ever asked yourself this question, but where is that sort of, where is, is that? Is that tapping Is that happening our Subconscious is when you do hypnotherapy. Is I mean, it's the million-dollar question. But I mean, is there some? I mean, even Lazanzo refers to this as um. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work. He refers to the the records, and I mean, the Australian aborigines in the past they talked about how there is this sort of holographic universe or whatever it is that that's accessible. Through the mind, or whatever it is. I mean, have you ever sort of
2: questioned that because it's on my mind? <laughs> <laughs> or oh, it is your mind? <laughs> um, again, for me, I tend to keep it more hypnosis yeah. rather <laughs> than existential. Um, but with, with the dream thing, like your subconscious mind stores information that you have no idea that it's storing. Yeah. You know? And it processes information in various different ways. And, again, it works very well with metaphors. So your dreams potentially could be metaphors relating to something that's happening, happened, or going to happen in your life. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit of creativity to figure out what they mean, if they mean anything. Yeah. You know, um, but Freud was really good at analyzing dreams, that kind of thing. So going into the psychoanalysis territory, you know, you probably could say that you know that's all coming from something within your subconscious mind but literally everything we encounter goes into our subconscious mind um the conscious mind is the other part obviously that we're using right now to make sure we're saying the right thing and you know that you know just focusing on exactly what we're doing (laughs) Mm. everything else is in the subconscious mind obviously the subconscious mind isn't an actual tangible part of your brain it's you know all of it but working in various different ways um Some of the information, if you don't use it, however, will generally tend to fade away. But we we don't have control really over what our subconscious mind keeps or when it accesses it. You know, so sometimes things will come up, and you'll think, "Crap, I haven't thought about that for years and years and years." But it's still in your mind. There is a connection there on a you know kind of neural level. But yeah, so um, dream analysis—not really my bag. But at the same time, there are lots of different who, who do work with dreams as well. You know, so there is there's always crossover with all the these. Yeah, there is exactly. That's that's, yeah. that's why
0: I like to bring it all up because there's there's crossovers with everything. Our mind's so diverse, it's so vast, and like you said, like there's there's so different elements to it. There's the subconscious, there's the conscious, what we're taking in right now, what what we're perceiving, what we're hearing, what. Like, the, soul, the emotional construct, I mean, it's doing so much for our body right now, but we're also engaging in this conversation. Yeah. We're using our creative thoughts, but it's like, so when we're actually in this hypnotic state, what I'm feeling is like, all these just get put on the back burner and we're just like, letting ourselves open to receive. That's what I'm feeling.
2: To some extent, yeah. It's It's a case of, rather than unconsciousness, it's a case of focus focused attention um, and whether you're actually paying attention and focusing or not it doesn't necessarily matter because that part of you will be paying attention Um
0: I think i going go with that
2: <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I, I had something there it was, it was kind of, that subconscious mind thing is gone, <laughs> gone. out of my face
0: um, damn it lost you, it you were seeing, it's I know you've seen you
1: said, you said um you were talking on the aspect of what this is what I got from him anyway what, what you said, it was basically you were talking on the subject of when you are putting in a um, hypnotized state that you we were referring to like your worries and things that are getting put to the back of your forefront of your yeah. mind is that um, what you
2: um, so yeah it's focused state of attention and you said earlier about accessing the subconscious mind, finding a way to get into the subconscious mind but the subconscious mind is always there you know, when you're asleep, the subconscious mind is still going. The conscious mind is not the subconscious mind is still going. It is always active. So it's not as much a case in my perspective of getting into the subconscious mind as it is doing something to distract the conscious mind to allow the subconscious mind a bit more freedom hmm. to work better ways potentially. Is,
1: is it just? I mean, we've been going for a while here as well, and obviously respect your time as well. But is there anything maybe that we haven't sort of a question that we haven't really asked yet? I mean, and to be honest as well, to maybe just to guide you in guide you in as well. Maybe an area that, like I said, a lot of our listeners are really do love sort of like the, the deeper questions. I love sort of the metaphysical side, the spiritual side of things. I mean, is there anything in, in that area maybe a question that I haven't asked you, or we haven't asked you that maybe a bit of information in that area that on your that's ever been on your mind, maybe through your sort of time
0: exploring and doing your research Maybe into or yeah like um,
2: when I started out I I read a book by a guy on hypnotherapy and he'd also done a book on like um, developing your psychic powers and your you know your skills in getting information from people that kind of thing um, and that is it's something that has always interested me around hypnotherapy the fact that Hypnotherapy works. It is it's, it's 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 relatively easy to prove that it works. The efficiency of it, um, but at the same time, it goes very well hand in hand with lots of other therapies and ideas that are not quite as commonly accepted by psychics. You know, um, but that said, it. Can also be used in conjunction with those things to develop them. Which again, that would potentially be something more for your your guys who are listening to this. Yeah. That you can use hypnosis to to develop those skills. You know, I know some uh, some people who use hypnosis. Um, not very many people who do it, but who use hypnosis to give people drug experiences, so illegal drug experiences. Mm. Um, in a, in a safe environment, you know, in, in a way that they can experience it and not have to actually take the drug themselves, you know. Um, and I know, like you said about lucid dreaming earlier, hypnosis can be great at improving people's lucid dreaming skills. You know, I I suck at lucid dreaming. I've tried and tried and tried. But I used hypnosis for a while, and I actually have, have done a couple of lucid dreams since doing that. Is is,
1: know, is there any? Cause very Is there any techniques that you could actually for lucid dreaming?
2: Because this is for myself. I Me, mean, this has been selfish. Myself. Uh, so uh, is is we're, there we're not giving any <laughs> techniques? Because I'd have to really break it down and explain them. There's a really good book by a guy called Stephen Leberge called Lucid Dreaming. I don't know if it still does, but when I got it, it came with a CD, a hypnosis CD. And that was the tipping point for me that really helped me to get into lucid dreaming. Um, so, I highly recommend that book if that's something that you're into.
1: Yeah, Definitely. just a quick, just a quick, another quick question there. I mean, on the because um, we had a dream, a dream um, researcher on our podcast, um, Robert Wagner, and he was talking about. I mean, I don't know if this is this is ties in uh, hypnotherapy. Like um, he was using the the example of suggestibility, where you what you were saying before, about the hands, yeah. And it's, it's one that I use for lucid dream. And I said, tonight when I dream, I'll see my hands, and I kept repeating that over and over again. Is that sort of is that the same sort of
2: thing? It's very similar, and yeah. the, the repetition as well. It's going to embed it somewhere in your subconscious yeah. mind, mm. you know. And if you can connect to it, and if you. Drum it right in there, that's you know, it's a cue for lucid dreaming, isn't it? So, yeah. when you see your hands, you know you are dreaming, yeah. Or when you look at the clock on the wall, you know you are yeah. dreaming because you don't have a clock on the wall in your bedroom in real life, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's so good point. Actually. those are very, very interesting things. Also, if you're lucid, do you do lots of lucid dreaming? You said you do a bit,
1: I've done quite a bit. Yeah. probably lucid dream now, probably
2: about maybe 30 40
1: times or something oh, yeah. now, since yeah. I've since I've it's only been because of um. To be honest with you, I never lucid dream in the past. Well, not me awareness anyway. Um, but it was because we had Robert Wagner and I think that sort of, ex- what's the word, extendified it in my mind sort of really brought it to the forefront and magnified it and maybe yeah. tapped into something in my subconscious mind. And from then on, I've had some crazy, crazy lucid
0: dreams. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. And
2: there was, there was one tip that I got from it that is worth sharing. I don't know if that's something that you know. But apparently, if you're having a lucid dream, well, I say apparently, I tested it it worked. If you're having a lucid dream and you feel like you're going to wake up Spin around in the dream. Oh. Like, make your body, like, literally just spin around in a circle and it will keep you within a lucid dream. I don't know why. I can't remember. Never,
1: I've, it, never it, well, cool. really well. I've never heard of that before. I've never, say. ever heard so of so that Feel before. free to
2: try that out. It's, pretty cool, <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> pretty cool. That is
1: really cool. I've never heard of that. Just to um, bring this to end as well, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you if you'd honestly just see if you're not alright with this, but I was actually like, going to say, is it actually possible to do, like, either me or Chris, either who you feel or whatever, to do maybe some sort of, like, um, some sort of, like, test or something like that, or like some sort of hypnotherapy on one of us?
2: I think a good one to do just in a brief amount of time would be um, a hand lock, which is yeah, that's quite cool. cool. Eyes open, kind of hypnosis stuff, which is pretty cool. So, do you want to sit here? I know you're
0: losing a look at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just easier. It you know?
2: is, yeah. <sighs> right. So, um, like the one that we did earlier, um, you're moving your hands using the power of your mind. This time, this one is slightly different and it will kind of go the other direction. So, using your mind to stop your arm from moving. Oh, cool. <laughs> right. Um, and it's a really good thing and it, it, it works really well. It's something I do as a suggestion test up on stage. So after I've done the Magnet Hands one and that works well, then this one has to work really good too. Um, so what I'd like you to do is stick your, your right hand at left handed. Right. Cool. Right hand there. Um, so stick that right out. And again, you can't really try this one on home because I kind of need to be here to do it. <laughs> um, so what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to focus there on your thumb. Squeeze that hand really tight into a fist. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to lock your elbow out, completely lock it out. And I'd like you to imagine as you continue to focus here, listen to the sound of my voice, that there's an iron bar from here to here, a solid iron bar inside your arm, the most strong, stiff, solid iron bar inside your arm, locking it tighter and tighter and tighter with every second, with every breath, locking harder and harder and harder. The more you, locks. That's good. The harder you, the harder you try, the more it will just continue to happen, getting harder and harder and harder and tighter and tighter. In a moment, I'm going to try and bend your arm. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to make it so hard and so locked that I couldn't bend it if I was to try. So, I'm going to put my arm in here and try and bend it. Make it even harder, really hard, stiff, solid like an iron bar. Focus here, make it even stronger, ten times stronger. When you're sure it's as strong as you can possibly make it, I'm going to try and bend it yourself and the more you try and bend it the more it would just completely lock stiff, tight and solid. Are you trying to bend it? Try and bend it. Really try. The more you try and bend it, the more it just won't bend, the more it would just become stiff and solid like it.
0: It's really interesting how it's it can just then relax completely. completely. just be like oh, oh, I just would not bend that. You bend it better. Yeah, I've been enough.
1: It's like the example of the um it's the that was brilliant by the way, that and um it's it does that is that the same because I remember when I was younger have you done the That's one that cool. you know the two I'm stones? Can you remember the two stones when you were younger? Have you tried that one where in the bagnets, the, the two you have, you put two stones together? Have you done that?
0: Oh, you, and, the, you hold, yeah. and you go
1: around and round and round. You remember that when you were younger? Yeah, I think and then so. the two stones would stick together and you couldn't get them get them across. It's
2: it's a similar it's a similar principle, but it's it's all done with suggestion. Because like put your arm put your arm out now, you know, there, there's no trick. So you can do it now and put your arm out and, and squeeze it. You can still bend it. Yeah, yeah, Right?
0: <laughs> but yeah, so there's no trick. it's just it is just the suggestion. The and the thoughts in your and mind, the intense focus as well, and the, definitely helps. A metal bar in the arm, <laughs> especially when you imagine it with such intensity. I just imagine this thick black metal rod all the way through my arm, and I was just focusing on that, and I was just thinking, "That's not bending. I can't bend a metal bar like." And I visually image that. So, so could I go into like far deeper states?
2: It would take a while, potentially longer than we have now. Yeah. But you sure could, yeah. Um, there is, uh, I, I don't know. Um, it, it may not be actually. Um, I have a MP3 on YouTube which you can listen to. It's absolutely free. It's an insomnia one, so if you if you you know have trouble sleeping, it's good to listen to anyway. Even if you don't, you can listen to it. Point. Um, so that is just a, a good free hypnosis MP3 that you can experience for yourself. Oh, cool. You Put that on, on YouTube. Roy Z Insomnia or Roy Z Insomnia. if Anyone's listening in America. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> <then> that, <should, laughs> that should come up. That's
0: really, oh, thank that's
2: you. It's really cool. Sure.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Honestly, really, really yeah. cool conversation. Thank you so much. Wow, what a great podcast that was. We had such a fun time chatting to Rory. Really is such an interesting and cool guy. And thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we have some really big things coming up in the near future. And we're going to keep continuing bringing you the most amazing conversations on the planet. And we really mean that. And from now on, on this podcast, all conversations are in person. And from March, you will also be able to see mine and chris's beautiful faces and also the guests on the send podcast youtube page and if you haven't subscribed to the youtube page please check that out and please if you can consider supporting the podcast for our patreon page we really want to create something that is completely 100 funded by you the people and not only create a podcast, but a movement. And with your help through our Patreon page, we can do that. So please consider becoming a Patreon. And there is also on that Patreon page some other incredible conversations and podcasts, which you get which you get complete access to when you become a Patreon member. at any reward to you. So anyway, we love you all, and we'll catch you next week when we can have another powerhouse of an episode. Peace.